We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Sponauer and Theo Ash. We've been going through our division predictions so far for this upcoming season. We've done the AFC North, we did the NFC North, so it's only appropriate that today we do the NFC South. And you might think, for those that are new, why would, why would that make sense? Why would that be the appropriate choice? Well, I'm a Browns fan, so that's why we did AFC North first. And also, that's a really competitive division. And then we did the NFC North, because that's a really interesting division. And Theo's a Packers fan. And now we'll do another interesting division, the NFC South, because Matthew is a Panthers fan. So that's what we're talking about. And then after about. this, we'll stop, all, we'll, we'll stop <laughs> we'll, our division predictions. Yeah, we'll never do another division prediction again. Because all of our favorite teams <laughs> will be covered. No, we'll do the we'll do the NFC East so I can talk about Jalen Hurts and then uh, we'll do. Uh... Oh yeah, so that's very important. We need we so, need to let you get that out. Yeah, we'll do all of our favorite players next. So <laughs> I don't even Thea. We'll do we'll do the Dolphins so you can talk about Tua because you love you love Tua. <laughs> I get to get all my Kyle Pitts takes out of there today and mm, then after yeah. that i'm not talking about anybody else this will be felipe the, uh, franks the end of it yeah felipe <laughs> of course two podcasts in a row where felipe franks have been mentioned has been mentioned we're the only ones out doing <laughs> it right now matt's gonna be talking about frankie louvu today and jc horn um i might he might but before we get into that boys matt theo 
How are you guys doing today? Oh, I'm not doing too good. My laptop exploded a couple days ago. I left it out in the sun. I don't know what happened, but I was working outside and there was a glare coming off my screen and it was a little bit smudged. So yeah. I went inside to get a like a paper towel so I could clean the the smudges off my screen. And when I returned, the computer was off and there was a big, it wasn't a crack, but it was like a glitchy line in the mm. screen. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, it won't turn on. I know about just, glitches. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's just all broken right now. And you know, that's been a trusty piece of equipment that is, uh, brought me fame and fortune. So it's, it's sad to see it go. For for those that, you know, aren't too in tune with the Stay Hot lore here, Matt and I have been yelling at Theo to get a new laptop for, what is it, a year and a half now? Uh, I think like this was this. God's will. <laughs> it was running on fumes for a while there. Uh, my All-22 reviews that I put on YouTube would often take me <laughs> a couple, like, full wipe-downs of the entire computer because the memory would always be getting infringed upon and like just barely being viable to do anything and of course it'd be downloading whole games and offloading videos so like three times every tuesday when i make those videos i'd have to like <laughs> clean out every single little nook and cranny of my computer so when you say when you download an entire game are you going to like game pass and screen recording an entire game no, I have an, a, a Google extension, and I don't remember the name of it, which is terrible because I'll need it for my next laptop. <laughs> so I just need my well. If you if you're my computer in, to like if you're turn logged into your Google account, time. it should it should just be there, like in your account. All the extensions should be there. There's yeah. some extension that I use, and it just downloads what's on screen. Oh, very quickly. That's pretty cool. And then I can get it into QuickTime, which is just a bit of an easier interface to like scrub back and forth. Yeah. But anyway, enough about me and my computer woes. <laughs> Woe is Theo. Matt, how are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, I went golfing today, got a little bit of sunburn. Hey. Uh, but outside of that, I'm fine. How are you shooting right now? Did, um, okay. I'm getting there. You know, it's a process. I'm still very <laughs> new to golf, so. Not as good as you are on the Switch or the Wii? No, but if I was as good as uh, I was on the Switch, then we wouldn't be talking right now. I'd forget I knew you. I'd have a trillion dollars. So true. Uh, You'd be in Saudi Arabia. Dude, uh, I, I would make I would be money. by far the best golfer of all time. <laughs> I mean, if I could even just, just putt and I had to do the driving and the irons, I'd be, at least I'd have a chance of being the best golfer of all time. But the switch is also slightly easier than real life golf, so it's not quite know. a fair one to one comparison. Tiger Swan. I am good though. All right. Well, we'll have to go. We'll have to go golfing sometime. I'll make sure to. I'll, I'll make Tiger Spawn Hour might be the least aesthetically pleasing <laughs> I've ever heard. Matt, can you Matt, name, don't name your kid can you name your son Tiger? <laughs> Just I wasn't planning on it, so I think we. We should cross be that name off the, line, ah, off the list. This is unfortunate. Well, if we want to get into some football, the way we've been doing these divisions is we go in reverse order by how they finished last year. So we'll start at the bottom, work our way up. And that means we're starting with the Atlanta Falcons, which ironically enough, even though they finished last in their division, they were kind of one game back from, from winning it. <laughs> yeah, when 7-7-8, seven, seven, 
correct? Or seven 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 eight? Yeah, seven 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 eight. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it could be cool. It could, it could be a lot like that again this year. Um, this is this is the battle of mid here, but I think at least the Falcons have something that we know for a fact is going to be good. And I don't know if I can say that for all the other teams here. We know that Atlanta is going to be good on the ground. Um, like they were already great on the ground last year. They had a really nice rushing attack. Now they're adding Bijan. I mean, I can almost guarantee that they're going to be top five in rushing attempts and probably top five in yards too. Like you could lock that in today. Yeah. And they added Bergeron out of Syracuse. And I thought that that left guard position still needed to be cleaned up on this line. And I thought that was a pretty good way to address it at the top of the second round. He was a really late scout for me, just got it in under the buzzer. But, and I was working off a broadcast angle for this. So this (laughs) might be not the greatest scouting report of all time, but it seemed to me like he was a really mobile and powerful run defender and he was really able to get out to the second level latch on he was pretty big and and powerful and can move bodies once he's there and so I I, I'm really excited about adding that piece to this line and Bijan as well and yeah Bladen like you said it should be top five and everything not only yards and attempts but they should be able to be very very efficient on that volume like they were last year yeah so that that's at least the one thing I know we can expect, but the thing you're most looking forward to, Matt, is how is Ritter going to perform in year two? We only got like four games out of him last year. He's going to play good. Is he? He's going right. to play good. Yeah, I've been on Team Ritter since day one um, for biased reasons, of course. You know, I went to UC, <laughs> but um, I, I think I think they're going to have a relatively smaller role for him. They're not going out there and asking him to change the world. They're asking him to be Ryan Tannehill, which. I think is within his wheelhouse. He got a little bit better through his four starts. His first one was pretty rough. His last one uh, was definitely a lot better. I remember Ritter went out there his first game and was just like alerting into stuff that wasn't there at all and just kind of throwing, you know, where only my guy can even like touch the ball sort of thing, like like just way out there. And he, so, he sort of shied away from that or got away from that, I should say. Uh, towards his fourth start. I think he's, you know, relatively poised and he's got the same mobility that Mariota has that, um, you know, keeps keeps him as, you know, a threat on, on the ground and helps out that rushing attack. So I think if, if he's even okay, and I think you upgraded the depth of receiver just a hair, and I, I think you've got, you know, Pitts there and, and Smith there, he can turn out, you know, average efficiency you can have a great run game and that offense can be pretty good. Yeah. I'm thinking about the kind of formations they're going to use and it's going to be, you know, Bijan and Algier out there at the same time. It's mm-hmm. going to be Pitts split out wide with Janu Smith and is Parker Hesse still there? Who knows? It's going to be all these kinds of sniffers and players on the wings or not on the wings, but just barely split out like as a tight end, there's going to be all kinds of different people there and all kinds of different looks. And if they were 30th, 29th, 28th in passing percentage, I would not be shocked. I think that this is going to be one of the run heaviest teams in the league. And we've seen guys like Goff and Baker and uh, quarterbacks who maybe aren't the most talented or Tannehill, even after struggling in Miami, you know, come into systems like this with a strong rushing game and and be efficient. And I think that Ritter offers enough as a out of structure guy to 
you know, be a bit of a playmaker. And I also think that he's got kind of the mindset to create in structure as well and go through reads and keep things on the rails. And that's what always made him more of an attractive prospect than Malik Willis to me. And even Pickett, I think, uh, coming out of college was what he was able to do in structure, reading things out. And from what I saw last year, I don't know if I trust him to be like really good on a high volume. I don't even know if I trust him to be good on a low volume, like completely, but I am optimistic about him. And he was my favorite quarterback in the draft for a reason. So I I think it's going to be okay because they have one of the better offensive lines and Pitts, Bijan and London should be enough to make up, you know, to make some plays through the air. So they're in a pretty good position on offense, I think, despite the quarterback situation. Yeah, he's also a winner, you have to keep in mind. The, the kid just wins, <laughs> he's, all right? He's not a kid. He's an old man, you know? He's he has a like kid. like a 50-year-old. He has a kid. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't, we I don't give a damn draft. how old he is. He wins, and he will mm-hmm. win this year. I'm very high on the Falcons. Uh, this Was he season, undefeated guess... at home as a Falcon? No, I mean, how many games did he play at home? It couldn't have been more. I'm gonna than say three. yes. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> Not even. Don't fact check him on this. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I, I like Ritter. I do. I, I think he's, I think he's very strong in the pocket and can play through things. And he, he wasn't so much of a projecty guy. And I, I, I was really mad that they didn't start him earlier last year because I didn't think they were going to give him this chance. But I, I think them rolling with him makes me feel a little bit better about him being at least, you know, like the 20th best quarterback in the NFL or something around there. He's got, he's got the tools to do it. They're not asking the world of him. I really think it's going to work out. And then on the other side, they were dead last in rushing, by the way, they were dead last in pass rate last year in neutral situations. There is no team that passed the ball less. So not a lot is on the quarterback in these situations. And their play action rate was so high with Mariota last year. And when they did throw it, it wasn't a disaster, despite the fact that Mariota couldn't hit the broads out of a barn last year. They were 15th in dropback EPA per play, which is a respectable number. And that was yeah. basically without any contributions from Kyle Pitts, who I still think is a very good player. But Mariota wasn't giving him any accurate targets, and that was the biggest problem. Like You just didn't f- see a lot of catchable balls. The ones he did see came down with um there just weren't a lot of them but despite this frustration and despite the fact that their best player never really got off the ground the scheme still meant that they were an efficient passing attack when they did pass Mm -hmm. and that gives me a lot of confidence going forward because i just think this is one of those just one of those teams that's going to be able to manufacture that like kevin stefanski has been able to do with baker and and kirk cousins over the past and arthur smith has been able to do before i I just really think that the offense is gonna um when we look at the analytics they're going to be up there yeah i did i'm checking it right now matt ritter Mm -hmm. is undefeated in atlanta nice is it one and oh two and oh two and oh (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's I did not. Of, I mean, that one, that's that's did tacking on to what he probably too? had twenty one at Cincinnati. It's a pretty unbelievable streak. Um, so he was there forever. So shout out to him. The other side um, of the ball, defense. Uh, I, I guess my mindset for the Falcons is that they were really, really, really bad. Like bottom five, terrible holes all over the place. They still are not a perfect team. They still have a lot of holes, but they added a lot of talent, and it feels like it can only go up. You know, it could only get better. It's not going to be worse than it was last year. 
So that's kind of my thought process there. Like the Bates contract, getting him in there, he's a very reliable, pretty rangy safety. Is it a little bit of an overpay? Possibly. Does that mean that he's not going to be good on the field this year? Absolutely not. Uh, and, and in terms of overpay, it's probably not even that bad. So I I, I just think a few – they got Dupree. They, they filled out the defensive line a lot. They got, you know, an ancient Clays Campbell who – is still playing good football up to this point. I just think there's a lot going for him uh, as of right now, at least defensively. So I, I think we're a lot headed in the right direction. They might still like struggle. Like I don't know if they, they don't have like a tier one pass rusher. You know, I, Okuda coming in, I, I like, but I don't really trust him yet, even as a cornerback too. Uh, there's a mix of problems, but o- overall serious improvement on that side of the ball yeah you're hoping you can get a bit more from ebiketti i think that grady mm-hmm. jared is still pretty good i think that he when is. i watch grady jared it stands out to me that he's uh an a plus pass rusher from the defensive tackle spot or maybe not an a plus if chris jones is an a plus but then an a or an a minus like i think he's never had anybody to take any pressure off of him I think Calais Campbell was a winning move for them. I get that he's old, and I get why the Baltimore Ravens maybe didn't find it, have it a priority to bring him back because he is so old and you know not what it used to be. But for a team like the Falcons, I still think it's an upgrade. And uh, last year he was, I mean, it was him and Houston who were potentially the best pass rushers in Baltimore last year. So yeah. those two both, um, even despite their age, can still come in and give you some some good reps and some some disruptive reps and you just need a handful of those for throughout the season for it to be worth it hopefully Terrell can get to his level two years ago last year it was uh, a lot worse than it was um, but also he was a bit unlucky I would say with some of the catches guys were making <laughs> at the catch point like in the end zone especially Michael Thomas would come back and you know it'd be good coverage and Thomas would make the catch anyway so I'm hoping that Terrell can bounce back a little bit from his form last year because I still think that he can move around like he was a first round pick I don't think it was a fluke that he was really good two years ago I just think last year you know with corner numbers a couple bad reps can screw you up the defense still scares me like the corners still scare me like the pass rush I mean it's by far the worst two years running now and is Calais Campbell and development for Ebiketti enough to make it like an above average unit, or is it still going to be just not as horrible? I, I kind of lean the latter. So it's a team still with plenty of flaws. But this whole division has flaws. So but this whole division has flaws, and they might division. be set up. They might be set up better to win right now because, again, last year they were a good offense, or at yeah. least a fine offense statistically and I think they can make upgrades at quarterback and I think that the weapons if they're not upgraded I think just a year with a hopefully better quarterback situation and another year for London and Pitts and Bijan now like I think it could be the best offense in this division pretty like I don't think that's real tough to project and then if the defense can just hold on um I don't know, though. The defense still could sabotage them, and I could still see them being at the bottom. Like, it's better than it was, but the Eagles had more sacks last year than the Falcons the last two. You know, it's it's been two years in a row that they've been absolutely terrible in this right. area. So. so they're due. <laughs> <laughs> this this bodes well hearing. for them. 
I, they I, are due. It's third time's the charm. <laughs> I also think a team that's so good at running can some like especially late in games can control the clock a little bit more, and that can mm-hmm. take some pressure off of the defense in some situations. I'm not saying I'm relying on that greatly, but uh, it definitely does matter. Um, I, I just think if if their defense can uh, approach, you know, competent, then the offense is, is going to be okay. I think it's going to be pretty interesting, and I like what Arthur Smith does there. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of positives. And also, yeah, if they're playing enough they... bad offenses, you know, they can mm-hmm. probably just get by with just being a better offense than their opponent. Right. If they can be, If their defense can be better than the offenses in their division, which is not totally difficult, <laughs> then they can win, you know, four or five games in the division and be have a leg right. up. Um, right. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to be up there. I think that they're going to compete just like they did last year. And I think they overcame their talent level last year to win seven. And I think right now they've got the talent of about a seven-win team. So could they could they win nine, ten with the same offensive system? I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I think they win the division. They're 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 it, they're my number one. It's like it's so close. Like it's so tough. But like. I think just based on like knowing that the run game is going to be good and being able to project that like London and Pitts and like they added Mac Holland to like if he's your third receiving option or even fourth if you're counting Bijan in there, like that offense just bodes to be so much better. I think just like right away than every other offense in this division. I, I don't know agree. if it. Could... I think the Saints could be up there in terms of offenses in this division. I I do think that New Orleans with Carr and Olave and Michael Thomas and I think the offensive line. Do you think Carr is good? No, but I think that. (laughs) Do you think Michael Thomas will play the full season? This is Michael Thomas has played played 10 games in the past three years. If we want to get into the the Saints because they are next, they are um, next. Well, who, where I'm, do you, where I'm, do you guys have the Falcons finishing? I have the Falcons at one. Okay, I do. I I've think it's a super at... tight division, and I think I think uh, the Falcons' offense is, is going to end up pushing them over the edge at like nine wins or something, and it'll yeah. be like <laughs> nine, eight, seven. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't feel strongly win, about it, but I'll, I'll roll with the Falcons. I've got them at number two just because the defense was so bad and they made, you know, they drafted Bijan and not, you know, a first round defender or anything like that. Um, sure. So, and the free agents additions, like Jesse Bates was a big flash splash, but the front seven still scares me. Um, well, talking about front sevens that scare you, the New Orleans yeah. Saints, man, it's bad, dude. And I, I here's the thing. I know their defense was good last year, but they lost a lot of starters, a lot of snaps from that defense. And I don't think they replaced them all that well, at least in the immediate future. I mean, you've got their, their best players are all incredibly old. You got Cam Jordan, who did not have a good year last year, yeah, and His now probably has what I'd consider to be less help uh, beside him. Demario Davis, still a very good player, but I mean, is he thirty? Not as agile, now? yeah, not as agile I mean, as he used to be. Not as good as in the open field. We're we're used we're to be such there. a unicorn. I mean, it's still God. He's still good. He's still a very good player. But he's yeah, he's still one of the rare linebackers who will actually like blow an alignment up at the point of attack. Like he's 
he brings a physicality um and obviously a, a leadership and a toughness yeah. element that is very desirable from your Mike linebacker and he's still got good instincts and in coverage I I'm still a Demario Davis fan and I was still impressed when you watched him although he's maybe more susceptible to getting you know burned in space than than he used to be and I, I mean Tyron Matthew is is still a good player but getting up there but a lot of these a lot of these positions are, are filled by like street dudes at this point you know their entire defensive line basically got replaced and I don't think it's necessarily upgraded and I don't think their run defense was all that special last year so I, I can only project that to get worse I mean I know they got um receive but is he going to come in and just be the guy immediately he's billed mm-hmm. as more of a project. I don't trust their depth at linebacker either. I think Pete Warner is all right. Uh, but Zach Braun is, has basically not been like a huge, huge factor for them, it seems like, uh, up until this point. Now he's probably slotted as a starter now. It's yes. just I, – I just – I don't trust their defense a whole ton, and I think that's what kept them competitive last year. And I don't think Derek Carr is like changing their offense. And that's why I'm not high on them, I'm, I guess. I think when it comes to Derek Carr, well, last year Andy Dalton played a well, which is the harsh reality of the situation. From week four on, uh, their passing attack was top half the league in a lot of metrics, top 10 in the league in a lot of metrics. Like Andy Dalton, uh, I think, you know, in completion percentage, they were up there. In EPA, uh, they were, I think, like 13th or something like that. And yes, you may say, like, going from, Andy Dalton to Derek Carr is a huge upgrade, but I just don't think it's any guarantee that Derek Carr gives you better results than what Dalton got last year. And that's a bit of a problem for me. I think that Derek Carr is a fine, average, whatever starter. Like, he's fine. But his footwork is still a mess and will always be a mess because he's a veteran at this point. His feet point the wrong way. He misses throws. He's toesy. It's like, I just don't know what he's doing a lot of the time still. He's frustrating as a creator in that he really won't do it. Um, Sometimes he'll take a big risk, but in other games, those risks aren't there. Or sometimes he'll take them when he shouldn't have to. So he's got enough natural talent and he's got a you know, accuracy and when his feet are right, or not, not even when his feet are wrong, right. It's that he's so used to throwing it within his feet are wrong that like, he's okay <laughs> at this point. Um, but I think that he can maybe hold you steady. And I, I don't know. I thought Michael Thomas looked pretty good when he was healthy last year. If he can, man, <laughs> if he could just stay healthy, I, I know that it's such a tall <laughs> it's been order it's three years it's been three years we've seen 10 games of michael Dom. like but he I, just I, has such a good feel for the game and like underneath he catches everything and he's just open and olave i really think can be a special olave is great. we we spend so much time about t- talking about garrett wilson that we kind of uh, leave Olave, the other Ohio State receiver out in the cold a little bit but man he was really really smooth last year separated effortlessly had really good hands and body control like it was it was all there for him and the speed to take the top off the defense alongside all of this so if you were to tell me in a couple years like he was this immaculate route runner who was dominating in the league the way like Devontae Adams does or Chad Ochocinco did in the past like I think he can kind of be that smooth of a route runner and he's got the hands and the speed to go along with it 
Mm-hmm. So you've got a potential top wide receiver in the league right there. You've got perhaps Michael Thomas, Shahid was something nice. Car- Carr can Carr can be fine. <laughs> and maybe he can play better than Dalton did. Like who knows? He's played better than Dalton in the past. So How are you feeling like, about this maybe, offensive line? As a pass protecting unit, I'm feeling better than as a run protecting unit. Penning will be a big key. Yeah. Because I feel like Kamara just has had nowhere to go. I don't think that he's a good pass protector, but I think he's a good run blocker. So, And that honestly might be a, a trade-off that you're willing to make after two years of Kamara just having nowhere to go if you're the Saints. I just feel like he's gotten swallowed up behind the line so much that having a guy like Penning out there could be beneficial to them. Um, Kamara is not the most decisive runner. He will chop his feet behind the line. He'll try to pick through holes and use his vision more than just you know, trusting what he sees and going. And it's behind that offensive line. It just has been totally inefficient these last two years. And I'm, I'm hoping that can be a little bit better, but I'm worried that it won't be. Um, and then just a little bit too much will be on car. This is the problem I have with the Saints. But there's just too yeah, much. I, I think, like, well, I think if, the case is making this... itself as to why I don't have him picked that high. <laughs> well, I just still like the passing offense because it was all right last year, and I like Olave, and I like Michael Thomas, and I like Shahid, and I like Kamara as a receiver still. I think that his balance is still real nice. I just – I hope with more time. Like last year, it just seemed so disjointed. It seemed like they didn't really have a – vision forward and I'm just hoping those things get a little bit smoothed out last year and I I do still like the defense and specifically the secondary I think the secondary can mask a lot of their problems last year they allowed explosive plays at an extremely low rate one of the lowest of the last decade actually I think Elante Taylor looked great for a rookie last year Marshawn Lattimore is still uh you know not the he's not a Darrell Revis or anything out there but he's someone who's capable of falling around the best guys and doing a decent job on them. So I think they've got a really good uh, corner duo. They're not going to allow a lot of explosive plays. And, like, yes, they lost people in the front seven, but who did they lose that wasn't easily replaceable? You know, like Shy Tuttle and Onyemata, these are guys. But they kind of fell off last year, and it's, like, not unreasonable to believe that you can get that level of play. Um, especially when they're a defensive staff that's been so good at being consistently top 10, basically since they've arrived back in New Orleans. So it's like, I don't know. It's When you look at the duos across the league, it's like what passing offense do you trust more than Carr, Olave, and Michael Thomas in this division? Well, I don't trust Michael Thomas to be on the field. So Okay, so that's... who do you trust more? Well, like, let's, let's, I I think I I can agree with you in the sense of like, they probably have the best passing offense on paper, but it's still like, not great. There's still multiple question marks. Like, is Carr going to be like all that great? Uh, Is Michael Thomas going to stay healthy? I question whether Kamara still has it anymore. He's, he's not looked himself. He's he's running back turning 28. I think their offensive line right now is not in great shape. I think their defensive line is among the worst in the, in the league at this point. I think overall their front seven is not that great. And Demario Davis, who's their like key linebacker is getting incredibly old where it's becoming kind of amazing that he's still playing at this level. And I think their secondary is pretty good. I think outside of receiver and safety, they don't have one position where I'm like, I love what they've got there. It's it's and and even receiver is questionable, 
but I'll give you, I'll give you, I, I think Michael Thomas is just like due to play more games than he has been. It can't be any worse. <laughs> you and he hope. is a, still a baller. I'll hundred percent give you that. I, I believe that hundred percent. I just, I just think there's a lot of questions. And I think I just, the idea I that, agree. It's just like the division is bad. Cause with the Falcons, I could say, well, you know, they're going to be a good running team and they're going to be an efficient passing team, but like they're going to be passing less than everybody else. So as a whole, is the offense going to be as explosive as the Saints offense if Carr is hitting Olave down the field consistently, which I do think can happen. And I think that they're the Falcons front seven is just as bad as any front seven that's around the league, even though they've made upgrades. I mean, they're starting from a historically low point. I mean, they've sacked the quarterback what like 20 times over the past two years it's it's probably between like 20 and 30 honestly so it's just coming from such a low point that i don't think that that gets too much better and i think that although it's nice to have baits over top uh, it's an, it's not solving all their problems there and i just don't know if they have the offense but that's quite but, built but but that, that, to that's, get in shootouts that's still. not fair that's not fair you can't you can't sit here and tell me oh well the falcons defensive line their pass rush dude the saints have that exact same problem unless but you judge from second- the lens of last year but they have a secondary i could argue that the falcons are are not that far off from where the Saints are. I, I don't think in terms of white. talent, but they're the Falcons and the Saints are the Saints, and it's and like the Saints why, last and that's year. That's why you would pick the Saints, and I have the Saints at two, kind of for that reason because I think their defense overachieved because of of coaching last year. Right. And I think they'll do it again, but I, I I I I have a really really hard time picking them to win the division exclusively because of that because they didn't do it last year. Yeah, that's true. they didn't win they it didn't last it. year. I mean, and, and it, it was it was razor close, but. When it came down to it, man, like they lost to the Sam Darnold Panthers. That team stunk. They should have beaten <laughs> us, and they didn't. So yeah. I, I have the Saints at two. I, I definitely get it. I think Olave and Michael Thomas, um, you know, deserve all the credit in the world. You can you can say those guys are real good and a big deal. Um, but man, it's like even can Olave stay healthy? He wasn't super healthy last year. If he goes down, then it's yeah. like, oh my God. He was that, that, unhealthy because he kept getting rocked though. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I man. mean, that's it's, why, that's why Tua wasn't healthy either. And we're all like, well, what if Tua, like you gotta be worried yeah, about it's, him. It's too. still it's early like, to call Olave yeah. injury prone. I just, they have a lot of Buckeyes. You got to respect that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why Man. Matt has them at two. He's like, I'd, I'd put I just, out I just Rams think, chick and Lattimore and all that. It's pretty much yeah. only Carr. I don't think Carr is like changing the world. I think that's what you have to buy into for the Saints being significantly better. Outside of that, you're running it back with the same guys. And it's like, I, I don't want to sit here and be like, Demario Davis will fall off or so-and-so will fall off. But eventually, like Demario Davis isn't going to play till he's 100, you know? It's like it can only go one way with a lot yeah. of their key players. And that's what yeah. concerns me. It can only go one way with, you know, Matthew or Davis or Kamara or Cameron Jordan, which it already has to some extent. So, yeah, and it, it feels like coordinators are kind of running the team and not a head coach. Like, I, I, I do feel like Dennis Allen kind of inherited a bad situation where Breeze retired without a real backup plan. And, you know, they've been in cap hell all these years and, like, yeah. the prices finally come to pay. And then it's like the head coach who's in charge at the time because your old head coach retired because he couldn't see a way out of it. He's like, I don't want to coach this team. I'll coach the Broncos, sure. But, and, 
if yeah. he's willing to coach coach the Broncos and not, not the, Saint, the Saints, Saints team, team. <laughs> I should say something. I guess that maybe it tells you something <laughs> about the Saints team. But it does kind of feel like, you know, Dennis Allen is maybe more of a, a defensive coordinator than a head coach, considering how his stint went before in, in Las Vegas, or I guess Oakland at the time, and his first year as the Saints head coach, because it really was rough to watch at points, and they had Jarvis Landry returning punts, and I was like, I don't know about this, and Jameis Winston playing through injuries that were like clearly bothering him, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the about Dennis Allen as a head coach. I've got to say, and I do like Arthur Smith more. It's just I don't know. There's some there's organization tax. There really is, and it's like after Brady left, you know, Belichick was still able to make the playoffs with with Mac Jones. They got blown out, but uh, you know, there is something to it. I think. Well, I think organization tax be damned. These two teams won the same number of games last year. And I know the Falcons got better. I don't really know if the Saints did. Yeah, I guess maybe not. But I do think that. And and I would actually, as somebody who has been like higher than I should have been on the Saints for several years. What have they done recently to earn the organization tax? Be really good in 2020, I guess. It's 2023, you know. It's like <laughs> this is. I mean, this is. Last we still stop we for... still ride that Lamar MVP to this day. So <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's kind yeah. of Lamar's been good since then. Though. That's true. I, I That's don't know. True. I I think the defensive success last year and the fact that they were not just a terrible unit and they were able to you know be competitive on that side of the ball. I think kind of gives me some some hope. I, get, I guess I get, I get the case. It's like okay, the defense will be good anyway, and who is on it just entirely like doesn't matter because they still have most of the main key players, and everybody who they lost is like a non-factor, and none of the old guys will get worse, and they'll still be like a top ten unit. And then offensively, they can the receivers can only be healthier, the offensive line can only be better, Kamara can really only be more efficient. And hopefully Derek Carr is like regression fine. to the mean, basically. And, and like and, I said, yeah. and like I said in the in the top of the Saints section, their passing numbers were actually not that bad last year, even though they were dealing with Andy Dalton. And that also, I think, gives them some organizational credibility is because I would rather have Derek Carr than Andy Dalton. Um, and Andy Dalton has flamed out plenty of places but between his time as the starter in Cincinnati and his stint with the Saints. And the stint with the Saints is the most successful place that he's been. So that gives me some hope that they have the coaching staff that can lift guys up a little bit above where their actual talent level is and overperform versus what they should be on paper. Because if you told me at the beginning of the season it was going to be, you know, Andy Dalton the whole way for the Saints and Michael Thomas was going to get hurt week four or week three or whenever it was, I'd be like... Yeah, man, this passing offense is going to be, you know, garbage, and it really wasn't. And they it didn't transfer to wins, but I think some of their underlying metrics were impressive, uh, based on the talent that they had, and that's kind of what gives me some faith in the Saints over like a team like the Falcons. Although I do like Arthur Smith, and I think although the, the Falcons are kind of the same, the kind yeah. of the same. Well, they're thing. my one and two. They're kind of my one and two. And, yeah, and I've, I think, I've got them one and two. I've just got them in a different. I have order. the Saints I'm, at three. Sadly, okay. Ooh. That's okay. yeah. I mean, we're having a mid-off here. This is, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like 
Dude, they're not. This is like Drew Brees Falcons getting nine wins. <laughs> Panthers Drew Brees and Matt Ryan retired, <laughs> and now it's like succession where we're like fighting over which Roy kid runs the company. You know, it's not. It's I not really the most serious. It's not the most serious people is basically what I'm saying. It's not a good succession plan for where what it was in the Cam, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and now it's. Uh, now it's not so much uh, that level well, of quarterback I mean, play. The Panthers, if we want to move on to them, they do have some. They maybe they do have a bright succession plan in place. Yeah, they Bryce do, Young. just not this year. I I I don't think he'll be like. Yeah the 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 expectation for Bryce Young cannot be super high when you don't have like a true wide receiver one. And like the offensive line's good, but when it's like it's Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, and Adam Thielen, and um, who's the guy they drafted, Mingo? It's like those guys are fine. Thielen stinks at this point. Thielen is no. That was not an inspiring signing. But I mean, I, 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 I will. I think their defense is actually pretty. Their defense, I not. think, might be. You it's don't. Not, it's not. No. Nope. No. Nope. Oh no. What's what's it's, wrong? Is it not is it not an upgrade from where it was last year? Not particularly. What 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 big upgrade happened? I mean, they got they got Bell, and they're gonna have Horn back. They did get Von Bell last year. Horn did play. Yeah. They're they're look their defense Bell, is gonna Bell's be the big okay. Upgrade. It's probably gonna be around league average. And they've got and, and and from a building point, from a long term perspective, I like the Panthers because they have JC Horn. What they don't mm-hmm. have is a cornerback too at all. They do bro have some okay safeties. Like uh, Dante solid. Jackson. They do have they do <laughs> no, have a Brian. He does not like Dante Jackson. <laughs> no, this Dante Jackson is not good. Well documented. Dante Jackson is not good, and they just keep signing him. It's nonsense, <laughs> man. He stinks. I, 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 he's rangy. I wish we could play him at like safety or something, but it's just, yeah. or, or, or like I was saying though, they have Brian Burns. Yeah. They do not have a second head rusher at all. I mean, they're drafting guys in the fourth round trying to fit their scheme. They have Derek Brown. They don't have anybody else on the defensive line. The guys that they signed this off season is to like fill roles that they entirely did not have otherwise. So I shy Tuttle, this is not moving me. You know, it, it's stuff like that. I like their linebackers okay. I like yeah. Jack Thompson yeah, and I do Luvu. Too. They're kind of pretty cool. Um, I'm a fan of both of them. But overall, their defense, there's no reason to believe that their defense projects to be crazy, crazy. And really, a lot of the even the star players they have are like all like kind of second tier in their in their respective groups. Like Derek Brown is kind of like a tier yeah. two defensive tackle. He's really good. Burns is like a really good edge rusher, but he's not quite like Bosa or right. whoever else you want to say. Uh, Garrett, that type of stuff. Horn is mm-hmm. really good, but he's not a tier one corner. I thought he was better so, than Sertan, though. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sick of hearing about Sertan. Sertan's a <laughs> tier five corner as far as I'm Yo, <laughs> I'm sure that you loved uh, the top ten corner list of dialogue that came out yesterday with all the Sam Sertan. Sauce, Sauce won, by the way, pretty easily. Wait, what? Um, what was the top ten list? Who posted it? And what was? ESPN pulled the um, 
pulled the executives and came up with the top tens at each positions, which is always pretty interesting. Um, and Sertan was he number two behind Sauce Gardner, or was know. he number I, one I, in I the just, league? All I know, I is think I it was Sertan was voted him. number one. Sertan was voted number nope. one. Respect. No, and he's, uh, he's not. He's not better than Sauce at all. I think it went Sertan Sauce. Ramsey, Jair Alexander, which you know, a, you re, you place Jair Alexander four. in the top five, you get a. I th- I didn't really have a problem with it. To be completely that's a honest, that's a fine but. top four. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes. I, I just uh, anyway, I, the, the Panthers' defense is is probably around league average, and again, I think that's it's where it was last right year. Direction. Adding Von Bell as much as I like him is not really changing the world, and we'll see how their new defense looks, and maybe. It's, it's like crazy, and they just do a great job with what they've got, but I'm not going to project that. And then offensively, uh, they have a rookie quarterback and bad weapons. Now, it's hypothetical that maybe their weapons could be okay. Maybe Terrace Marshall Jr. breaks out. Maybe Mingo is good. But what what other team is is looking at their receiver room like that? And I, I like yeah. Terrace Marshall. Like nobody else, man, outside of like some really bad teams. This is a bottom five receiver group until somebody actually steps up and proves it. And mm-hmm. even if they do, it's probably still not top half. Their offensive line is good, but they've had several major injuries and it's not completely filled out or perfect and it's kind of shallow. Yeah. And a Kong Wu was... You know, we'll see. He still needs some work, and Moten is is good, but not great. It's like not a perfect offensive line. And I like what Reich is doing. I like the way the offense is headed. I like Bryce Young. I think he will be good. I think the defense has the major pieces in place. Whether or not it all comes together this year, I don't know. So yeah, I have him at three. Yeah. I get. I think, I think you can fair. talk I'm just yourself. Being, I think I'm more hopeful for what we'll get year one out of this offense and and I, like von bell is is a pretty big improvement over jeremy chin so like well they're, they're not replacing each other are, are they not or is it no, or is, is no. chin gonna move into the box more is that the well first of all i think chin is better than von bell and really? second of all yeah oh yeah uh second of all I would say that Von Bell is probably going to be more around the box, maybe that kind of big nickel safety down in that area. And then, well, I think we're going to have single high. I think you want both Chin and Bell in the box and with single high coverage is what I think I would do. So, so what are we, is this like a four? So we're looking at something like like a... (laughs) No, we're looking at something just like imagine... Single high coverage, you've got a safety down in the box. Yeah. And instead of a nickel corner, you've got chin. I, I think if I were to do something like this, it okay. would be kind of like a Kyle Hamilton situation with uh, the Ravens, where you've got, got him you. just kind of being that slot and really making plays against the run. And he's a big safety who's able to take on guys out on the perimeter, blockers who are, you know, fitting him. And, you know, he's got the size and strength to do that, which a corner may not have. And also just enough of an athlete to hold up with these underneath coverages and carry guys down the sideline at times. Like, I, I think that's what it's going to look like more than Bell is a one-for-one replacement over Jeremy Chin. I think you want Jeremy Chin on the field. I think that maybe not the most consistent guy, but he's a splash playmaker, and so is Luvu. Like, these guys can give you... Uh, a handful of big game tilting plays per season that can show up on the win and loss column. 
Yeah, if I they're mean, doing stuff the, like the Ravens are doing, that would be that would be an exciting defense. It would be so. that's how I would use it, and then have Woods over top is probably what I would be looking at because like who is their third corner? You know, like I'd probably <laughs> rather have one of these two safeties down there than than one of the corners. It's not like they've got a yeah. guy to really naturally step into that area. Yeah, I don't know who their third corner would be if their second corner is Jackson. <laughs> so it's Henderson. Yeah, who's um, so not good. Yeah, I, I I think projecting this offense to be good is really, really going out on a limb. I mean, what, what, are, yeah. what are what are what what is the path to that? Like Bryce it Young be... being a top half quarterback right away, because it would take that for the passing offense to be about average, considering how bad the weapons are. And again. Like I liked the run game last year, but we'll see if that really carries over. It was just a hot streak from a team that kind of didn't have Sanders anything else to do. I like Miles Sanders. He's, it, this, that makes no difference to me. I'm, unfortunately, Miles Sanders is a whatever. In fact, I didn't like that signing. I signed up for <laughs> oh, too long. So you, you, bro, hates Miles Sanders. This is insane. It's, it's four fine. Years, he's, he's, four years is a lot when, like, Saquon Barkley can't even get a deal, you know, or Josh Jacobs <laughs> right? can't even get a deal, and it's like you're yeah. signing – like, why'd you need to sign Miles Sanders for four years then if these guys can't even get two years, you know? So I, I see what you're saying there. What do you expect the offense to look like if you were to put it, you know, what do you think it'll look like when you watch them? Where do you think they'll end in statistical rankings? Bladen, you said that you're confident in the offense. Like, just how confident are you? I think, to- like, top half of the league would be, like, right around where I would, like, not quite as good as Atlanta. Top half by how much? Not, I don't think they're quite as good as Atlanta offensively. But if they were like, like little, like, like slightly above average, like fifteenth, okay, or six, like fifteenth, sixteenth, something around there. I I think that's like maybe maybe, may, maybe I have to maybe I have to like think about some of the other offenses. That's just like off the top of my head where I would. Here's, Project, here is, like, I think, what the offense is going to – it's going to be Philadelphia because, you know, look at where Frank Wright comes from, Philadelphia. Then who got signed out from under him? It was uh, Sirianni. And he signed Miles Sanders from that offense. You pick up Bryce Young who played at Bama, which has all these kind of RPOs, and, and it's kind of a similar mm-hmm. structure. So it's like imagine the Eagles' offense, but instead of the Eagles' offensive line, it's the Panthers' offensive line. And instead of Jalen Hurts, it's rookie Bryce Young. And instead of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, it's Adam Thielen and Terrace Marshall. You know, it's just like a really, really <laughs> discount version. And I think Bryce Young is just better so not naturally... be Adam Thielen is, is the second option. There. Well, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be, right? Like, he's Mingo, there. Mingo it's not will be, Levi- be playing. Like... Mingo's going to be a, a, a weirdo. Mingo's going to be lining up at fullback and he's going to be a wrinkle. And I think that that's going to be a good wrinkle. I think that we saw that with Skoranek last year, that it's good to have someone who can block a little bit and go out and receive. Like I like him in that role as like a pseudo tight end fullback slot receiver, kind of an everything guy. I I like him for that. And I think he's going to be efficient in that role, but it's not going to be someone you can really lean on. Bryce Young is as a quarterback is so creative and his placement is so good and he's super smart with great intangibles. So I think he can make a pretty good Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts wasn't good until AJ Brown and Devontae. Well, Jalen Hurts really also wasn't up. nearly as good of a passer right yeah. away 
as Bryce Young is. Yeah, that's definitely true. But uh, maybe I, I think am the being, rest I, of the pack. I think the, the rest of the passing yeah. offense needs to get closer to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson and Jason I mean, Kelsey. That's if you want to be I like, don't know. <laughs> that's to be like a top three offense. Like, they're right. Like the, they're like the best offense. They're like the most dynamic offense in football. So, like, yeah, 15th is maybe out of the question. I just were, think that it's going to be average. 20th in points last year, 29th in yards, and 8th in turnovers. So. I like Derek Brown a lot. I like the linebackers. I like Horn, but he hasn't proved anything yet to me. This is how I feel about Horn. I always see, like, PFF say he's graded so highly and people freak out about him. But to me, he just hasn't quite proved it yet. And I think he could prove it if he got the chance. It's just the rest of the secondary is so bad. They can't really man up and play like that. So it's like, yes, I know that he can play off and rally and tackle things in front of him, But like, I want to see him go toe to toe with top receivers and win. And that is just something like the defense hasn't allowed him to do. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It was an average defense last year. I don't think Bryce Young is quite special enough to a- elevate this supporting cast to a really high level yet. Although I do think that he can look good. Like I think that Bryce Young is good. Um, and I think it's just going to be a mid team, which I think about all these teams, but I put them at third just because of the rookie factor. Well, I agree. So that that means we all have the Bucks at at last in this division. Now we've said this is a mid off. Are we thinking the Bucks are mid, or do we think they're bad? I think they're mid. Okay. I think they're okay. Their defense is still going to be good. That's the thing that people are forgetting is that I think the like their defense is actually pretty good. And while I, I think Baker has a very real chance to be like the worst starting quarterback, um, I, I still think there's more good aspects to their team than uh, a lot of other teams, even in this division. Like, like you been... compare, people compare them to like the Cardinals. Dude, they aren't the Cardinals. Let's yeah. yeah, let's take a step back, man. They aren't the Cardinals, dude. You know, they yeah, still dude. have like a very good edge rusher. They still have a, a very good defensive tackle. They still have you know. Their linebackers are still good. Uh, they, yeah. They've got guys in the secondary for sure. They've got serious offensive linemen. They've got serious weapons. I think there's a real chance that their run game improves just from from getting guys back and the investments they've made in the offensive line. I think that even if it, like if they had like Jacoby Brissett, I think we'd be thinking about this team entirely differently. Well, um, I mean Baker Mayfield. I've been building out like the QB like ranking chart. And Baker Mayfield is dead last in efficiency across all metrics. So, well, yeah, like, yeah, we'd be talking I mean, it's about Brissett differently. How bad he was for the Panthers so, last year. So, to like compare Brissett to Baker, I mean, it's literally night and day. It's like mid tier starter versus literally like. So you, worse so than you Zach think the Buccaneers Wilson. are going to be awful? I I think they were they were mid last year with Tom Brady, who was still playing at a pretty good level. To, to go from that to, like, imagine if they had Zach Wilson. Like, look at what the Jets were with Zach. I guess I guess the Jets were pretty good. Maybe that's the baseline we should be looking at is what how the Jets were I think I think I think people, and I, I do this too, but I think it's easy to get a little bit too in the vacuum of, like, well, this is what they were like last year, and then this change happened, so this is what they're going to be like this year. There's, it, there's too many moving parts 
to draw one-to-one comparisons like that. Like there's a whole new offensive coordinator. I think just saying it's like last year, but with no Brady is simplifying it a little bit too much. I think it's going to be pretty bad on offense. I just think, I think Baker and Trask are both terrible. I think they should both be backups. And even then they couldn't really come in and operate an offense at a high level. I just think Baker is, I think he sucks. Like I I watched the Panthers (laughs) games last year. I mean, he was, he was freaking out. He was running all around. He was missing throws by a country mile. It was terrible. I mean, it was all of his bad traits and none of his good stuff. So I, I just have, and I've never been high on Baker. And I I just think at this point in his career, there's just no reason he's got, it seems like he gets, you know, worse at every stop or his career is just pointed straight down and trash. I never liked coming out of Florida that felt like a Hackenberg pick when it happened. And he was behind Blaine Gabbard on the depth chart last year. They would put in Blaine Gabbard over Trask. So like yeah. now he's going to be your starter. You didn't trust him to take over in garbage time last year. I mean, how bad do you have to be that they don't want to get a look at you in garbage time? Like you're either going to 100% lose or win and they're throwing Gabbard in there. And it's like, are you hiding Trask? Cause he's so good. Or is he just that much of a disaster? <laughs> and you don't want to let anybody know that. I think it's weapon. I don't think he's a secret weapon. I just don't buy that. I think that he's a secret disaster. But why would you just take Baker then? It doesn't make any sense to me why what their court is what it is. And they were the worst running team last year. And I just don't I I just don't know what gets better there. Cody Mouch Mouch out of NDSU is a could be a pretty special run blocker. I will give him that out of NDSU, but he's a rookie. Um, they still got Luca Decky starting, who is just an absolute disaster <laughs> last year. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that Mike Evans and Godwin aren't what they used to be, and I think the insane volume of passing from Tom Brady has not inflated their statistics, but let them remain a little bit more steady than they're going to be next year and their reputation to maintain a a little bit more than they would have if the quarterback situation was really terrible. And I just don't think that they're enough at this point in their careers to like save Baker Mayfield. So I think it's going to be a, even though they got Werfs, even though they have Evans, even though they have Jensen, I I just don't trust. Yeah. They're getting back. That's true. I, I don't trust Bulls. I don't trust Baker. I don't trust their running game after it was just so awful last year. I don't know. I think it was a really frustrating time. And I think going from Brady to Baker is going to be pretty stark because at least Brady knew what to do. (laughs) His deep ball was pretty atrocious last year, and you could tell that he was kind of losing it a little bit. But, I mean, I think it was still legions better than than Baker and Kyle Trask. And the secondary – it's got some names, definitely. Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., Ryan Neal. If everyone stays healthy, it should be okay. Um, they have the worst secondary depth in the entire league, and you're always going to need to rely a, a little bit on that over the course of the season. And if they get hit with inj- any injuries in the secondary, I mean, you're th- you're turning to Zion McCollum and Dee Delaney and Kristen Azian. I mean... They only had like a couple guys under contract before the draft. It was really, really thin in the fact that they literally had no one. So they've just been filling it out with, I mean, nobodies. And I, I don't know. I, 
I'm just not really high on either unit. I mean, we all have them fourth. So yeah, fourth I mean, the in only a bad that... division, I think, just is bad in general. <laughs> right. But I don't but, think they have any chance but they to win could, a bad But division, I mean, fourth so in this division last year was seven and ten. But that's I don't seven think they're and... going seven and ten. I, I maybe seven and ten. I don't want to write that off. That's not the hardest thing to achieve, I suppose. But I don't think they have any chance to win a bad division. So it's like to me that just makes you bad, like really bad. They're probably not winning like their close games because you have Baker in at quarterback. The front seven's really the only thing that like really gets you excited. Yeah, I just I just don't think they're like the worst team in the league is all. No. Yeah, they've got some good no, players. They're, they do. They're not Arizona. They're not the Rams, and even the Rams have good players. I think if their run game can rebound a little bit, which I think it will. New guy in there. With Jensen and Mouch, yeah, I'd run behind them. That'll be better than different guys. Run behind, yes, <laughs> you still have some some big receivers. So it's not like Baker's out there all by himself like he was. At least you know, for some of the other games he was playing last year, it was really wild. Just- to watch him last year playing with like Robbie Anderson and Shai Smith as like starters. <laughs> so, come on, guys. Those are like right. the two worst receivers. <laughs> so respect Robbie Anderson. No, no. Robbie <laughs> Anderson was terrible last year. Especially is he even on a team? He's in I, Miami. Um, is he really? Maybe, oh, that's maybe true. Yeah. Mike McDaniel can work some magic and get him wide open over the middle, and Tua can look everybody off and get him open. But I mean, especially in Arizona last year, it was pretty bad, which maybe is credit to the Panthers because as bad as their weapons are this year, I mean, it was like week one last year and they were throwing Robbie Anderson and Shai Smith out there and like Tommy Tremble. And it's like, geez. Actually, respect <laughs> Tommy Tremble, man. Respect Tommy Tremble. For... Even though they don't have DJ Moore, it might be better than that. So maybe that's a, a point for the Panthers. and Maybe I was a bit too low on them. But yeah, maybe I was, I was trying to look Saints up Robbie Falcons. Anderson's stats here on pro football. Reference stats and don't like, even do it justice. Well, well, you, you have to watch. This well, is just so weird. Really bad. I, I'm like looking up his name and nothing's popping up. Chosen Anderson. Yeah, he, goes he, by changed, chosen now. he changed yeah. his name, but like it changed on like the pro I, football reference. So I was like, I just like did not see that. And the, I forgot he's going by Chosen now. I shouldn't have yeah. been calling him Robbie. I got her. Robbie gotta Chosen, formerly Robert Steven Anderson. So is he going but by yes. Robbie Chosen or Chosen Anderson? Just Chosen. And Chosen Just Anderson chosen. was terrible last year. I sh- that's what I should have <laughs> said. I don't want to insult him. <laughs> I just told you to respect him, and you said no. Like, what? You... <laughs> I see, I respect the name change. If someone changes, if you want to go by a different name, I, right, I, sh- I respect gotta call you, you but... by the name. So, chosen Anderson, but he was terrible last year. He caught forty-five point five percent of his passes for two hundred eighty-two yards and one touchdown. Yeah, forty-five point five, and he was starting <laughs> like he was starting the whole year basically. I mean, once he got to Arizona, it's not like they had a ton of receivers better than him at that point. Yeah, it was it was hilariously bad. Um, so Chark and Thielen are better than than Smith and and Anderson. So. Amen. The, Thielen's still pretty. Thielen's pretty bad, but Thielen Thielen kind of fell off last year, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I, Thielen's I, one I of love- Thielen's first games, he was a. Uh, 
I was at the Minnesota game in the preseason and he was undrafted out of Mankato State. And we were sitting right behind his family and he like blocked a punt or something and they all went crazy. And That's he awesome. had a pretty good game in the preseason. And I just remember feeling having that little preseason breakout and like no one cared who he was and his family was was sitting right by us. And so, I don't know. I don't know. I've always kind of had a respect for Thielen because of that connection. Uh, I, I've al- I've always rooted for Adam. Sadly, Thielen. I, he. I mean, he. There was peak Adam Thielen caught everything. Peak Adam Thielen was a dog. He caught everything, man. But but they had to trade point. for Hawkinson for a reason, and it was because yeah. Thielen wasn't good enough to be the number two on a team anymore, and they needed something better. And yeah, yeah, it's you know. His time has passed, but I think we have, do we have a mailbag today? I think so. We do. We do. We do have a mailbag. I, I, I almost forgot about the mailbag. Let's, let's answer these mailbag questions. First one, these are from Twitter, by the way. So if you want to be involved in the mailbag, make sure you follow us on Twitter at stay hot pod. So you can be more involved in the show. This first one is from our good friend, Nico. Elite takes. Oh. Which quarterback head coach duo has the most potential besides Reed and Mahomes? And why is it Trevor and Doug Peterson? Well, it's Trevor and Doug Peterson because Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winning head coach with Nick Foles, and Trevor Lawrence is the first overall pick. You know, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty tantalizing. You've got a guy who I think really effectively utilized uh, and turned around a, a garbage franchise basically since their inception, ex- is, except for a handful of years. And I really liked what he did. It was a creative run game. He utilized, you know, linebacks and all sorts of things. Um, you know, Evan Ingram came in and he immediately found a spot for Ingram and let him be his best. Uh, Christian Kirk, he came in and let him be his best. I'll always remember the play call where he got him matched up one-on-one with Karloftis and they scored in the playoffs. Like, he's just clever. I, I'm not the best at articulating why coaches are good at this point, honestly, and it's something hopefully I can get better at as time goes on. But, I mean, you just know that Peterson is a, is a high-level guy and, and Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's, you know, the best prospect in a, in a long time. He's so, a high-level guy. <laughs> So yeah, it's them. I don't know if there's any under rate under the radar ones, but yeah, as far as potential um, goes, it's a pretty good match. And I'm trying to think if there's, I mean, Herbert and room. Kellen Moore has a lot of potential. Kellen Moore is, I mean, like him or not, he's directed top five scoring offenses basically every single year. He's been a coordinator, and he's very mm-hmm. young. And I think Herbert's even better than Dak is. So. I like. I know some people don't like Kellen Moore, and a lot of people don't like Herbert either. Think he's overrated, but the two of them could, could combine for some pretty good results next season. And I don't know. It's basically all the names you'd expect: McDaniel's and Tua. Obviously, lit the league on fire last year. Like as far as underrated ones, um, Jay Kaner is for keep it to the NFC uh... South. <laughs> <laughs> Hayner, Hayner. I think we could see Hayner this year. I don't know. I It's not unreasonable. He was a fifth round pick though. The league kind of rejected his, his rookie that he his good. rookie pictures. He's got he's got Riz, he's got, man. He's, he's got, got charisma. the look, man. He's got the look. He's main character energy. He he's gonna come in at Fresno State. He worked with uh 
oh, I can't remember the name of the coach, but he he sent a lot of guys to the league, including Aaron Rodgers, Jeff Tedford. And he was running an offense where he dropped back five steps, read things out, and throw it down the field. Hayner is going to get to the league, and it's going to be like play action and RPOs and like the Shanahan stuff where it's just, you know, drags over the middle or whatever and, a, you know, fakes off of elaborate run game fakes. And he's going to be like, this is easy. I was, I was playing like Peyton Manning at Fresno State. <laughs> I remember the. I, first, I really I, think I was so. watching. I was watching a game. I think it was in 2021, and I was You're like at the, the airport. Yeah. I, I was, and I was like this. And I was like, oh, I think I was watching one of Fresno State's receivers, and I was like, well, that's a pretty bad drop. But man, that was a crazy throw by who's that quarterback out there? Yeah, and it was it was Jake Hayner. I could see Hayner being a character. We'll see, though, because he went so late in the draft. But I, I really thought he deserved to go higher. I really did, even though he's undersized. And if he's not a good quarterback, I, he'll be like one of those backups that's like a long guy, long-term long guy who becomes like a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator immediately after his mm-hmm. career. He just seems like he's got a pretty good grasp on how to play it and when you play with tedford that's just kind of how it goes i think yeah i could see it yeah i can maybe it matt is uh bryce young and reich is that gonna be one of the duos to look out for yeah hopefully hopefully uh i think they'll be pretty good i'm on both of them yeah, I mean, there's no one. Everyone should be trying to cop, copy the Eagles because they perfected modern football last year, and no one better to do that than Frank Reich, right? Like he kind of, right? He was kind of there when it was when it was written. So, yeah. Well, this last question is from Danny on Twitter, and this one's just for you, Theo. How does one get into bird watching? Uh, a good place to start is the Merlin Bird ID app. Even I use that as someone who's been doing it since I was a, a little kid and familiar with all the species just top of mind. Uh, I find myself using the Merlin Bird ID app and going to the sound feature because it is scary accurate. It, anything that is calling around you, it will come up with basically a list of what you're hearing. And it's never been wrong. Every single time I've a bird has popped up that it is heard, I've been able to find it. Okay. So that will basically tell you what you're looking for and you won't miss anything because obviously it's very hard to be familiar with all their calls. And even I'm not familiar with all their calls. So sometimes, you know, who knows in the past times where a rare bird has been like chirping and I haven't heard it or like registered it as rare in my head because it kind of sounds like all the other calls. But now at this app, I can kind of get it's on my radar that it's around. And that can be the case with every bird. If you're unfamiliar with bird watching is, you know, every bird that's around, you'll be able to kind of have a knowledge of it if you use this app. And then you can seek them out kind of from there. And that makes it way easier. So if you're just beginning or even if you are uh, been doing it for a long time like me, I would highly recommend that app. And uh, eBird, the eBird website is amazing and tells you basically where everything is. So, any gear that you think you should have right away? I've got a pair of Vortex binoculars, and I think that they're the best. Um, 
they were a graduation gift. So they're, they're probably, I haven't really ever gone and checked how much they are because I own them. Um, right. They're probably more on the expensive side, but maybe the company makes a cheaper option. But I love my Vortex uh, binoculars. But if you spend like a decent amount of money on any kind, like if you get the cheapest version, they'll probably suck. But, you know, if you get something just even kind of mid-level, it should be all right. And just go out and walk around and see what you can see. See what you can see. This is basically, it's just Pokemon Go with real animals, <laughs> really. And the appeal of it is that you're just kind of walking around. And that is just what Pokemon is, isn't it? You just go around and you, you like, claim animals. <laughs> yeah, guess. basically. Basically, it was the same <laughs> shit. It was so funny when that was big in 2016 is, like, when the animals are online, everybody wants to go do it. But when you can make them fight each other, but no one just right. wants to go look at birds, which is the... People hate peace. The same premise. <laughs> People hate yeah. peace and tranquility. This is what we've learned. People like Bulbasaur, but they don't like the uh, the snow goose. What is <laughs> this? Is what's wrong with society today? Society. Just getting off well, of Pokemon. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty much all we have for this episode. Let us know which division you want us to take on next. Maybe we'll have a guest. Who knows? But until then, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will catch you all on the Flippity Flop. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.